Hello, friend. It's me, Cindy. I know I haven't been in touch for a while, but mostly when I think of talking to you, I think, do I really have anything to say that I haven't already said? And if the answer is no, then out of respect. I keep to myself. I am, and maybe you are, living a life where a lot of days are just like all the other days. If you find yourself saying, it's already Monday? It's already Friday? Or what day is this? Or, oh my God, it's Saturday. I just missed yoga. Then you get what I'm saying. And I'm sorry, Susan. I didn't mean to miss yoga again. Not all the days have been exactly alike. We did have a day where most of us watched the Capitol get stampeded by thousands of mostly angry, mostly white, mostly men. That was disturbing. Oh, there were some raging women as well. Also, now disturbing to see so many mostly white, mostly men more interested in protecting their political careers than making moves to address the origins of this fury and work to, as they said when taking their solemn oath, and I quote, support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And we, that is a lot of us, watched a new president and vice president take solemn oaths. And I know I'm not alone in being hugely relieved that we are back in the hands of grown-ups who I firmly believe have our best interest at heart. And when I say our, I mean the majority of people who live here, some, maybe many, who are having a hard time right now for a number of reasons. Subsequent days have had sprinklings of ramifications from both of those very different events. But most days, pretty much like all the others for me. And when I say me, maybe you too, but I don't want to presume. Maybe you're great. Everything is wonderful. You've never had so much fun or been so happy or... No, odds are most of us aren't in that place at this point. And now we're being advised to double mask. Okay, we've done one. We can do two. And just do our best to hurry home to where we can rip them off and breathe freely. But there's no point in complaining about that, other than venting if you need to. Sometimes just letting it out helps relieve whatever is churning inside. I read about a new book called Happiness is a Choice You Make. And the author says that in the title, the key word isn't happiness, it's choice. It's declaring that you won't be defined or determined by the circumstances of your life. You have a say in it. That declaration is liberating. That liberation is happiness. That happiness isn't just a thing you choose. It's the act of choosing it that makes you happy. Wrap your head around that for a minute. I don't know if we all have the ability to choose to be happy. I'd like to think we do. But I figure at least it's worth a try, right? I mean, if you have nothing going on other than one day being a little too much like the last and the one before that, what if today you choose to see things differently, to change or break up that pattern of another day, another, well, maybe not another dollar, because for too many, work has been disrupted or stalled or come to a screeching halt. Hard to choose to see that as okay, but what's the point of fighting it? You got to do what you can and figure at some point this new normal will morph into a newer normal that hopefully will be something more in line with the old normal. You know, seeing friends, hanging out, going to a show. I do miss shows and concerts and just even being in a theater. Shopping and trying on clothes, I miss a dressing room. But wait, I don't want to look at what we're missing right now. I want to look at what we have Think about the great shift to WFH, which when you see it in a Staples ad or a lifestyle article is not referencing the World Federation of Hemophilia, but working from home. Sure, there are drawbacks, like having your work and home life overlap to the extent where you could conceivably be working all the time. 
but there is an upside. Many, in fact, like the time and money you're saving on your commute. Even the money you might be saving by not having to buy lunch or coffee, and the money your company could be saving by reducing or eliminating office space if they decide this works well enough. It would be nice to think maybe some of that savings could be shared, but uh, I guess we won't be holding our breath. We could talk about the pressure of being off of the old, what am I going to wear today? Not just your work clothes, but any day. I don't expect that to stick around. I have a closet full of clothes that are just aching to get back out in public. But for now, I am 99%, no, make that 100% sweatshirts and 50-ish percent lounging pants, which is the umbrella for sweats, fleece, or cotton, 100% comfort. But because I am not willing to totally toss in the towel, I mostly put on a pair of jeans during the day. Not because anyone is going to see me or would care if they do, but because, as I talked about way back in episode 26, I learned a valuable secret from Halle Berry. Wearing pants that fit is key to not being surprised at any point by an expanded torso. That could sneak up on you. And think about how technology has saved us from having this be way more difficult and closer to impossible. We couldn't WFH without it. We couldn't be watching cat videos to cheer up and sharing them with friends to cheer them up. I couldn't be sneaking up on Kevster the Destroyer, taking any of the spot the cat pictures and posting them. <laughs> that cat kills me. I couldn't be talking to you right now. Of course, even without our current state of plugged inness, we still would have Alexander Graham Bell's brilliant invention, so I could spend as much time on the phone as I do every single day. So much so, I had to get a second unit for when the first phone goes dead from an exhausted battery. Yeah, I am logging in a lot of phone hours, but if that's the only way I can spend time with friends, I'm all in. And I would be missing my Zoom yoga classes. When I remember, shakes head. This all certainly gives us more time to think. Not so sure that's a good thing. I've had to face the hard, cold truth that all those times I had said or thought that if only I had a block of time with nothing to do, how I would fill in the blank, clean the garage, clean out the attic, do the heavy cleaning. Turns out that was not based in reality. Time is not the roadblock. I am coming to grips with knowing my car might never fit in the garage or I may never be able to fit anything else in the attic because it's too overwhelming a prospect to clean them out. Or I'm too lazy. Or it's a little of both. I think my daughters have known that far longer than I have. After all, it was Megan who once said that when I die, they're just going to toss a match and burn the place down so they don't have to deal with all of the, all the everything. And aside from this being a pretty cute little house, and that would be kind of a waste, I get it. I totally get it. Gardening is another one of those imaginary things I have dumped in the if-only-I-had-more-time category. However... Ever hopeful, I did just buy a couple of packs of sunflower seeds to plant when the time comes. So I'm keeping that delusion alive. Or on the three-point checklist, buy seeds, plant seeds, water seeds, I got one down. Have you ever grown sunflowers? Once years ago, I lived in a house where the sun beat down all day on a little strip of dirt on the southern side of the house. So I planted sunflower seeds, and with little more than watering the spot when I remembered, wound up with a dozen or so, six, seven, eight foot tall sunflowers. It was amazing. Not just because nothing looks cooler than that, but because I did it. Okay, nature did it, but I helped it happen. And ever since then, I've carried the belief that I could do that again. Of course, some years I don't even get as far as spying seeds. So we'll see how it goes when summer rolls around. 
There could be a great satisfaction working in the garden or in the yard. Only part of it's for the end result. It's the process, the hands-on activity that redirects your brain or gives it some time off from your troubles and, you know, the pandemic. But since it's too early to get out in the yard, I have a great idea for an indoor alternative that you can start right this minute, unless you're driving, in which case you're going to have to wait till you get home. There's a lot to be said for putting pen or pencil or crayon or marker or whatever to paper, especially these days, even aside from the freedom of artistic expression and not even addressing the end result. The important part is the doing. Drawing, sketching, doodling, whatever you call it or however you choose to do it, it turns out to be a good problem-solving tool because it puts your brain on a somewhat mindless task that gives random and hidden thoughts the chance to be heard. So it not only gives our brains a chance to wander, but it develops or expands the capacity for closer observation and introspection and patience and humility, all helpful during this odd time where anxiety and isolation color our days. Plus, it could be fun. So rather than just talking about it, let's start with, let's start. Ready? Get a piece of scrap paper, any scrap. The back of an envelope you're about to throw away is perfect. Grab a pen or a pencil while you're up. I'll wait. And again, if you're driving, just remember the instructions to try when you get home. Ready? Okay. Now, draw a circle. Maybe make it a happy face. Maybe dozens of happy faces. Look at them smiling at you. How cute. All right. Now let's try a swirly pattern. Stacks of boxes, a star, a bunch of stars. Sometimes random patterns are satisfying. Anything. And then when you're done, you've done it. That was easy, right? If you didn't feel some thrill or sense of accomplishment, that's okay. This is just to get started and to see that you don't need a bunch of time, just a pen and some paper and go. And when you're done, you can still toss the envelope in the garbage. There'll be more envelopes, plenty of more envelopes and more ink, Eventually, maybe paper. Maybe you'll graduate to a sketch pad, colored pencils. The objective is to focus on the random or specific thing that you're drawing so your brain can go where it wants. Think of it like doodling meditation. You can draw or work up to drawing specific things if you're so inclined. Trees, animals, the standard still life bowl of fruit. I tend to avoid drawing real things because really I am mostly not working towards an end result. It's a good practice in detachment. Plus, mostly my artistic skill doesn't hold a candle to a three-year-old. But for now, think of this as an exercise in shifting your focus and your mood. Odds are, if you're not feeling so great or feeling lousy, angry, bored, anxious, you'll notice those feelings have lifted by the time you put down the pen. If you need a prompt, you could start with a base of some sort and turn it into something. Have you ever seen Ed Emberley's thumbprint animals? You start with a thumbprint or an oval if you don't have an ink pad handy. Although if you do, kids love this. Add some pointy ears, some whiskers, it's cat. Add a beak and a fantail, it's a bird. Or like Coffee Monsters, that's the guy I discovered on Twitter and Instagram. He starts with a little splash of coffee on paper, and he turns that into the shape of a monster, a person, whatever. And now he has 20,000 followers and a book of drawings, and he sells mugs and masks and prints at thecoffeemonsters.com. And it all started with a coffee spill and a little imagination. It's like how you see things in clouds, as though our brains have some sort of a compulsion to 
make sense or connect things. Maybe you'll find yourself making one thing into something else. Or maybe you'll be happy sticking with abstract patterns or designs. The only rule is that there are no rules. Suggestions, maybe, like when you're starting out, don't think about a connection between art, sketching, coloring, doodling, and art, the stuff that fills museums and people pay for. Do it for the joy not the perfection, or a website where you might sell mugs and t-shirts, or at least not at first. And don't judge what you're doing. This isn't about the end result. It's the rewards of the process. If you do something you love, keep it, and maybe keep it to yourself, because a lack of enthusiasm or a bit of criticism from somebody else can crush the joy. But beyond that, draw what you want with whatever you want on whatever you want, whenever you want, So you can even do it while you're on the phone or a Zoom call because you're WFH. Maybe we can choose to be happy. I don't know if it will work, but at least we could choose to try. There are certainly a lot of ideas that may or may not help that. And if I'm not using my time clearing out the garage, I could use it to work towards finding happiness in the little things. If you want, you could subscribe to the It's Me Cindy podcast where I just keep looking for ways to have fun and be happy and be well or just be a little better.